Hello, welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I am your host, Allison, joined today by my guest, uh, Michael. This is minute number nine, so we're going from zero hours, nine minutes to zero hours, nine minutes and 59 seconds. And we're going to be finishing out our week for on this Friday by um, finishing up the puzzle box. So the events of the minute are starting with um, finishing to... Um, continuing to go through all the puzzles and ends with the uh, invitation to their um, to the island for the um, murder mystery. It kind of ends on, on a perfect little note for our um, for the timing purposes of this of this podcast um, <sighs> because it, it ends almost exactly on competing to solve the mystery of my murder. Travel details to come. Please forward any dietary restrictions. <laughs> so, giving us the setup for the movie right at the end of the ten uh, of uh, right at the start of the ten minute m- moment, plus also uh, a nice little joke. So, um, we're we're finishing up with our, our little puzzle box uh, this this Friday. We start with uh, Lionel saying, uh, "Oh, forty-seven for sure," and it's because forty-seven is the atomic number of silver, and there's a little silver rock sitting there that Birdie knows definitively is silver. Forty-seven for sure. That's the atomic number for silver. Are you, are you sure that's silver? That's silver. So this is it. Um, not just because she's very rich, but I also imagine because she's into crystals. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, I like that, you know, even Birdie had a chance to <laughs> contribute with yeah. knowing that it was silver. It's, it, it I, I don't know, there's something about, like, oh, it's the number, so somebody else definitely figured out what that number was referring to, and she goes, oh, she, I, you can almost imagine her being like, oh, that's silver, and then, <laughs> you know, knowing, you know, yeah. for without a step, uh, shadow of a doubt that that is silver. It is nice for Birdie to get a clue. She 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 failed with tic tac toe. She failed with the Shazam lamp. But by God, she knows silver when she sees it. You know, and listen. I mean, got, I think she got more than Duke there because he was looking up the um, atomic number for silver. <laughs> but he just looked it up on his phone. Otherwise, um, the answers were from his mom. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, she contributed more than Duke, and she tried harder. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, you know. Birdie's terrible, but God bless Birdie J. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, so the, we get the finishing of the last little uh, bit of the puzzle, which is flipping this very big this this little switch of silver. And again, I want this stupid <laughs> this stupid <laughs> puzzle box because it's just this beautifully made little silver switch that everybody. Uh, flicks at the same time, and then it unfolds to the setting of the film, which is the ocean. All together now. One, two, three. Surrounding the island, and then the glass onion on there. So it's, again, just the beautiful prop work uh, as that unfolds, and it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that Grecian blue that's on the inside of the box, right? It's supposed to open up to, what, the Aegean Sea, I believe it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, whoever gets those minutes will discuss that, but no, the Ionian Sea. Oh, right. <laughs> what, one of those. One of those. Aegean, uh, Ionian, one of, one of those. Uh, Who's to beautiful, say? 
who's to say? You know, it's it's a matter of perspective. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful blue surrounding this uh, this representation of this onion that unfolds, and you have this card that has the um, more of the information of the invitation, and it's uh, it, it's 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 just very pretty. Again, like looking at the physical shape of that box. I don't know exactly how all of those things fit in. I don't think they're <laughs> they do necessarily, but I, I want to believe that this is this this all fits perfectly together. My dear friends, my beautiful disruptors, my closest inner circle. We could all use a moment of normalcy, and so you are cordially invited for a long weekend on my private island. Where we will celebrate the bonds that connect us, and I hope your puzzle solving skills are wetted. Because you will also be competing to solve the mystery of my murder. Even if I knew all the answers, I would spend hours resolving this puzzle box just so it open, just to watch it open and close oh. over and over again, right? Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. It is a like regardless of if the puzzles are easy, if they're not, I I feel like you know uh, Duke's mother is continually just kind of barely looking at it and solving it i don't think i would be that good at solving it but it's regardless of any of that it it was a, it's a work of art it's a beautiful little box there i also um, do want to talk about the tiny little card that's in the center that is the invitation i hadn't noticed this before but uh, miles is always talking about his inner circle my dear mm-hmm. inner circle and uh, the symbol on the card is a uh, is an onion, but it's basically just several lines of circles all going on into the center. So I just really like that very small, very small symbolism of inner circle in that there's there's an onion layer. I'm making and sense, that there's right? A literal inner circle. I yeah. Oh my yeah. god! I never put that together, and that's kind of in- incredible. So that's. I, I'm kind of amazed because I didn't even notice that I didn't even put that together the whole concept of the onion and an inner circle and that visual uh, on the invitation this, this movie's too good <laughs> this is the minute where I paused the most to like look at things that were on the screen in the background one of them is the card and the way that the card is addressed um another one are the little faxes that are on uh Lionel's desk because, you know, we, we the box opens up with the final, you know, the final invitation. And mm-hmm. we get this shot up upwards where we can see the entire box with all the puzzles on it. But it's on Lionel's desk. And sitting next to his desk are all these faxes that Miles has emailed him with his brilliant mm-hmm. ideas. Is it genius or is it madness? And I did write down two. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I'm so excited for this. Okay, so I'll start with the one where I I truly don't know what some of the letters were because it was a little bit cut off. But from what I can get, this one says, No bot collagen senator injections enhancing device wear at night. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? That's the one that I don't think was like meant to be an idea. I think they were writing buzzwords. They needed props. They were writing buzzwords on faxes. I, I, you know, but that's, that's kind of Miles, where he's child equals NFT, and that's, that was the one that worked for them, but it's like, what's the other one where it's the, 
dog plus internet equals discourse or something yes. it? Yes, that's one. And then I think the other one that he says is is Uber for biodomes or Uber Biospheres. for biospheres. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what is that? I would also like to know. <laughs> These are just yeah, words. I, uh, yeah, you, you could tell that uh, Ryan Johnson has spent his time on the internet with the whole, like, <laughs> something something equals discourse or whatever oh, like, oh god yeah i've i've seen enough of discussion of discourse that i know you have too uh, but what's the other one that you had so yeah this one i can read very clearly and it does sound like yes. a miles idea it's nootropic nasal spray <laughs> which those of you who don't know nootropics are more or less adhd medication people think that if you don't have adhd but you take them they make you much smarter but in reality it's medication that makes the people who need it much smarter mm-hmm. it actually has it show it's shown to really not have very little if any effect on people who don't require that type of medication but it is very much like a college university think tank kind of brain trust idea of oh yeah i'm gonna take nootropics that's because i'm a genius i take nootropics right and the idea that like miles would be like that's a very common thing that all people do we should make it into a nasal spray <laughs> god that's that's funny i i did not see those so i really sincerely appreciate you uh (laughs) pausing to see that because that's that's hilarious and uh very much a miles thing to have that idea of nootropics nasal spray (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what would make Ritalin easier is he just shot it into your sinuses. Shot it up your nose. Like, of course. Like, you know, what else? What else would you do? So, so oh. funny. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. There's so many things where I feel like I kept pausing these uh, these minutes to take notes, and I still feel like there is so much that I I missed that it's uh, kind of incredible, really. It's, I probably spent way too much time on the parts, but that is essentially what happened is I would pause to take notes and then I would be like, hold on, I can read that piece of paper. Hold on, what's on the screen there? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it is upside down. So just to brag on myself a little, how committed I am, I did go up to my screen and like turn my body. I love it. uh, Yeah. At an angle to read it upside down and was just like, okay. Oh man, that makes me so happy. I I love that you did that. (laughs) And and I appreciate it too, because, you know, you get even more thought, more of a glimpse into the mind of Miles Braun, which, uh, again, we still haven't seen him in the movie, but, uh, managed to do that. Which is just very funny. Um, <laughs> Managed to give him a presence, even with just, like, background things, without him being there. Yeah, yeah no, it's interesting. And, and there's there's a lot of little little things where I'm like, I, I want to delve deeper, and I don't know how much to delve deeper in it, or what how what is there. Like, I kept trying to think about how there was that kind of, I Heart New York mug next to Lionel. And I was like, is this just a reference to the fact that he was doing Broadway and that he was in Hamilton and everything? Or is this a specific, because he has like the, because it's like such a generic kind of mug to have. And I'm just like, 
I was overthinking that for for a little bit. <laughs> well, at least your explanation makes much more sense because mine was just like, oh, he must just be in New York. That's what people in New York do, right? They just have a mug <laughs> that they says. Just- <laughs> Uh, he has, like, just a tourist mug that's, like, you know, because he's in New York. I mean, where is, where is that facility? I don't even know. Um, if they say it, if they say it in a title card, I did not see it. I didn't uh. either. You just see, like, um, in the moment, minutes before ours, you see little, um, um, glimpses of this facility where there's a lot of space but it's completely empty presumably because everybody's working from home and uh then you just see kind of where Lionel's working and there's all these um previously talking to uh presumably investors or board members or or things like that and I, I, I don't know where it is, but I, I again I just kept staring <laughs> I love New York mug and I'm like is this is this deeper than just like he was he was doing Broadway for so long or I think is... that makes much more sense than what I thought <laughs> I think that, that, I don't know yeah. if either of us is right but I do know that one of us is more right than the other is <laughs> yeah, Ryan Johnson again we're asking you specifically you to write in, call in, whatever. I don't know how you call in because, again, we're recording this far in advance, but yeah. <laughs> do something so that we know why that that was an, an, an uh, I Heart NY mug for yeah. Lionel. If it was, I mean, we already had the Hamilton reference in Knives Out, so is this, like, further? I don't know. <laughs> I am speculating. Also, but... what is no, no bot collagen incinerator injections enhancing device wear at night? I, I demand to see those other letters. I demand. We need to know. We need to have like a collection book that is just Miles's t- uh, faxes. I, I would. I again. I would be very irresponsible with my money, and I would buy that. Um, so very so that I could just flip to the uh, dogs plus internet or whatever equals, equals discourse. discourse. <laughs> All right, so the one pause that took up the majority of my time and the majority mm-hmm. of my research is this abacus puzzle. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, the abacus so is... I is, think... <laughs> okay, so I, 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 since we're going to be talking about that, um, should we make a move to uh, have kind of a spoilery time now? Or um, since Fridays, we're going to just be talking more about that or should we have the um you know kind of finish up wrapping up and then go to spoiler chat um we can finish wrapping up and go to spoiler chat but i don't have okay. too much more um okay I'll, well i actually don't have anything else of spoiler chat the rest of my notes are on this sequence. um <laughs> all i know like just all i have is that uh again it's you start using those kind of buzzwords for the, in an invitation of inner circle and disruptors, uh, which is, again, going to be very big later. Um, and I think it really is kind of a... Per- this is kind of a perfect five minutes where you get finish up the character introductions um, of this inner circle, and you solve these puzzles. You get the plot. You get the... Um, you know, you get character moments, and it ends exactly on both the, um, they're solving his murder, mystery of his murder, but then also travel details to come, 
dietary <laughs> restrictions. So uh, I, I think it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie pretty perfectly where it's uh, you have the kind of inciting incident of the movie of they, they are traveling to this island to solve a murder mystery and then it, it, it's but it's still kind of lighthearted in, in its ending. Yeah, exactly. I feel that yeah. way too. Yeah. So I think if we're, um, I think that, that's all I have personally, other than you know spoiler chat. If if that's the case for you. Yeah, well, I I feel good to move into spoiler chat. Okay. So again, so this is gonna just move into some spoilers. We're gonna be talking about the rest of the movie. So if you haven't seen the rest of the movie, maybe come back to this. Um, but again, it, please feel free to follow Glass Onion Min um, on on Twitter, and then um, rate, review, subscribe, all of that. So uh, feel free to jump off if you haven't seen the whole movie. That being said, if I was a listener, I don't know if I could just go minute by minute with this movie. <laughs> I, I love talking about it, but I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's just such a fun movie to watch. It would be really hard for me. I think probably after at least the the first point where I got to a Friday episode, I think I would go ahead and pause and then go ahead and watch the movie. Yes, but we'll give people the opportunity just in case if they if they are not looking for spoilers. So now, um, what we can we're we're going to be able to talk about everything for the rest of the movie, including this our minutes. So. Uh, what more about this abacus puzzle? All right, so this is all going to be about mathematics and thematics, or mathematics, if you will. Please do. So, <laughs> all right, so the one, one of the puzzles that is, like, the first one that gets kind of skipped over, you don't really see, like, what is the clue, what is the answer, um, is this abacus. For those of you who don't know, an abacus is an old way of doing mathematics where you have uh, beads on strings and each bead has a value and it's like an old-fashioned calculator. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I had one as a child. I don't know why. The 90s were a strange time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I used one in school, but I don't know if I necessarily, like, used it very well <laughs> or used it accurately just it was just there in our classroom yeah once I, I think once calculators stopped being an expensive thing to have that is about the time the abacus market died i believe right <laughs> so um the puzzle so we get a full shot of this puzzle though which when i saw it i was like hold on the puzzle is uh this latin quote that everybody knows uh called uh called, Cogito ergo sum. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, and then the answer, like the thing that unlocks the puzzle is, all the beads on the abacus, abacus have just been pushed to one side. Mm. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, hold on, I've got the question and I've got the answer. The question right. is this Latin phrase and then the answer is just move all of those to the side. So I went into what was a very, very long deep dive of me trying to find the formula of this puzzle, basically, right? I've got X, I've got the answer. What, what do we do to find like the middle part? Um, I, I went on Reddit, I went everywhere, I did a whole bunch of, like, Googling and translating, and, and I got really deep into, like, a philosophical kind of forum. Um, but the conclusion I sort of came to is, as a puzzle, this is maybe just not solvable. It really mm. is the first puzzle in which you're just stimulus, cut to, it's solved. 
So I was thinking, okay, well, if this doesn't have any kind of like puzzle specific theme, then it must have some sort of um, cinematic theme. So then I started focusing more on this phrase of Latin, the uh, cogito ergo sum, which for those of you who do not know is a famous saying mm-hmm. that is often translated into English, which is, I think, therefore, I am. Uh, this, this was actually done by a, uh, a French mathematician ph- philosopher, uh, Descartes, who some people might also recognize as one of the big mm. guys, one of the big guns. Um, <laughs> so, um, Descartes is known mostly as he's a philosopher, but he also worked in math. He's very much in, uh, in the intersect of philosophy and math coming together. And this, uh, statement that he makes, well, I'll get more into that in a minute. But basically, Descartes is the kind of um, kind of profited as sort of like the father of analytical geometry. Now, there are several types of geometry, but uh, here we're going to talk about mostly uh, analytical geometry and synthetic geometry, which synthetic geometry is if this, then this, right? Mm-hmm. You start with you start with a thing. It's not even a fact. It's just, hey, we're going to start with this. So if x is 6, then x plus, and x plus y equals 16, then y is 10, mm-hmm. right? Synthetic math. Okay, but x is 6, and we only agree that x is 6 because you said that at the beginning. So there's sort of this idea in which that synthetic math is, it, synthetic geometry is fine, but it is very speculative. It is very much like you start with somebody just saying, you have to believe me, suspension of disbelief, this thing first, because the thing that doesn't matter is what comes first, it's what comes after the then. Um, whereas opposed to its opposite, analytical geometry, which Descartes is sort of profited as the father of, in which, like, no specific points. We start with a definite truth, something that can be proven, such as one is one. Mm-hmm. How do you prove that? Well, if you've got an abacus and you get one bead and you move it over, that's one bead. Like, that is provable, that is definitive. So analytical kind of starts from this place of, like, there is no room for doubt, although, well, having doubt is important, rather. Um, so the real, the full quote, cognito ergo sum, is actually shortened. Um, and to kind of give people an idea of how, like, jarring this is about that it's been shortened, imagine if I came, I saw, I conquered was just known as I saw, I conquered. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, you're kind of actually missing a big part of that. Right. So, Originally, it's not, I think, therefore I am. It's, I doubt, therefore I think, therefore I am. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was trying to cut, what, what he was doing is they were playing sort of a philosophical ga- game where he was like, no, you need to start from a place of, like, you need to start with a place of fact, something definitive. And they asked him, it was like, well, how do you say something that cannot be doubted? How do you say a totally undoubtable sentence? And he says, well, I doubt my own existence, but if I'm doubting, that means I'm thinking. And Mm -hmm. if I'm thinking, then I have to exist. Mm -hmm. You cannot exist without thinking, and you cannot think without first doubting and having a question. So Mm -hmm. mostly it's this idea about having doubt and then endeavoring to find truth through proof. Like, okay, fine, you've got a doubt, let's get a fact. And then let's go to the next part. 
So, uh, okay, so what does all this have to do? Well, so thematic, I started thinking about sort of the thematic idea of doubt in the film. In particular, um, the difference between Miles and Andy, or Cassandra. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get, I have a whole lot of Trojan War thoughts. I will leave that to the people who have those minutes. No, but. I was definitely, uh, yeah, no, I was going like, I took Latin in school, and so I was like, Cassandra and Helen, what does that mean? <laughs> I definitely oh, had those thoughts, too. <laughs> so wonderful, too. Well, in particular, Cassandra being this figure, well, in, in the Trojan War of being cursed by Apollo to be a prophet who knows exactly no, but, what's going to happen, mm -hmm. but nobody believes her. And, right. Yeah, and how that sort of follows the character of Andy in the film. And then right. uh, Helen has her own thing, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But especially as Cassandra as a character who is telling the truth, she's telling the truth and nobody believes her, even though it is definitively the truth. Mm -hmm. And instead, everybody believes Miles because, well, we have if Miles is a genius, then obviously he wrote all the ideas on the napkin and came up with things mm -hmm. but the thing is we only have uh we only have this synthetic geometry we only have miles's word that he's a genius and it's also sort of this false circular logic well look what he built okay did did he build that can you prove to me that he built that well, no, but everybody here agrees that he did. So if that's true, then he is a genius. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the character of Andy, who has definitive proof. She has, she has a napkin with the stamp of the bar on it that mm -hmm. proves definitively that those were her ideas, that those were her things that she came up with. So there is no if Andy wrote on the napkin. It's Andy wrote on the napkin. Andy's I those are Andy's ideas. Therefore, Andy is the genius, as mm -hmm. opposed to synthetic geometry of, well, if Miles is a genius, then obviously Andy's the one who needs to be cut out of the out of the equation, if you will. Um so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's I I, I Again, I never put that together, so I am I am really really impressed by this. This is really cool. <laughs> so, thank you. So yeah, essentially, analytical geometry is um, one of the is is the geometry that is used most often in um, the sciences that we we kind of uh, conflate with with Silicon Valley or or rocket ships, airplanes, um, inventions, buildings, like a lot of this is based on analytical geometry because you need a fixed point for things. Uh, longitude and latitude, north, south, compass directions, all of these things are based in solid facts that we cannot doubt. Um, but also I do just kind of like the theme of to think about something, to be human and think about something, to ponder it, to ponder a question, requires doubt. It requires incredulity. It requires you to ask the question at first of, if Miles is a genius, okay, hold on, can you confirm that he's a genius before we mm -hmm. go any further? Um, and yes, those are my mathematics. <laughs> Dang, that's really cool. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, again, I think, you know, for any other movie, I'd be like, this is a bit of a stretch, but I do 100% think that this could be 
um, genuinely intentional, um, knowing how smart the other movies have been. And I'm, I'm like super (laughs) impressed that you figured that out because I'm like, dang. Um, but I do think that there is like, I mean, considering how much people can look into say the, uh, go game for the, for Knives Out and then also the chess, um, game in, in Glass Onion, you start to see that there are, they, that they, their hints are put into these little puzzles. Um, so I, like I said, I'm not a chess person. Uh, it's one of those things where I feel like I always kind of would like to be, but, uh, just have never really learned beyond, you know, what each piece can do. Uh, like I've never learned any of the strategy, so I, I would be a remarkably poor player. But, um, one of the things that, uh, I noticed um, and, and that I confirmed was that not a lot of the pieces had been moved in the uh, at the start of the chess game when Claire is going to solve it. Uh, most of these pieces were in their kind of default position. So it, I, I thought hmm, maybe this could be in and, and confirmed that it was the what's known as the fool's mate, which is the fastest possible way that you can win a game of chess. Um, fastest way to checkmate um, to go to um, the care where they've it's to the point where you almost have to be intentionally foolish to lose like that um, or just remarkably foolish and unlucky to make those specific moves and uh, put yourself into that position um, so it's it's what, it's it's a little bit less um, deep of an analysis there. Oh, I don't think, I think that's that true does... at all. That's a great analysis. But I think that it, it says something about Miles where it, it you, he puts in this chess game where it's this, where you, you think like, oh, it's this, it's kind of known as this as smart, thoughtful game that, you know, you can learn, but it takes you years to master if you even do master it. Um, Lionel directly refers to um, Claire's Kasparov, who's the famous uh, chess player. But um, really, in in actuality, he's set up what is the stupidest kind of way you could lose in chess. <laughs> and so it, it's it's the kind of like reflection of Miles's character in that way, where he's um, presenting himself as this genius as this um look at i I, he's the this tech genius who runs this company and he likes that presentation of himself as this you know kind of chess master but really he is remarkably um not bright and he's remarkably (laughs) going to be this person who um puts himself in um you know kind of plays himself into a corner almost immediately. So I think it's a, it's kind of an interesting thing to look at right away where, um, like, Claire calls it an end game, which I saw people be like, it's not even an end game. It's like, I mean, sort of? But, like, it's <laughs> it's basically the start of the game, and that's kind of the point, is that it's, uh, it's, it's so few moves that you basically have to be a fool to make your chat, uh, to get to that point. And, you know, kind of serve that such kind of a humiliating loss as to lose in basically, I think, I think you can, like, each player makes about two moves and that's it. 
Yeah. For, that sounds about right, because from what I can tell, and I know way less about chess, but from what I can tell, it seems to be whatever it, it moves, it seems to be that a pawn that is directly in front of the king has left yeah. the uh, has left a direct line open from the queen of the other board to get directly into i think it's the queen right it, I, exactly it that's, could that's be all. whichever one travels diagonally i don't know which one that is right i think it yeah it's it's i i again i'm i'm also not a chess person <laughs> but it's basically moving your pawns so that you you leave the um the king wide open with no place to go so you set up a checkmate, and again, it's one. It's like I, I think even if you're, from what I understand about chess, if you're, if you know anything about chess, you know not to set up that fool's mate. You know that this is the one way that you are going to basically lose. But it, it's it's the type of thing that shows just how foolish and um, Miles is right away just from looking at this chessboard uh and like i said i i recommend um it's the youtuber known as lord ravenscraft who made a uh 30 minute video analyzing the 20 seconds of of go from knives out and i it's it's i think i think a really remarkable video that shows just how much care is put into all of these you know kind of almost uh these games and puzzles that are most people might not even look into really that much yeah but i mean you do feel that this has got to be purposeful right because so much of the film is about the layers it's about picking apart the small little parts you only see for a minute right yeah it's it's i i would think so just because again again we've looked into so many little things that most people aren't even going to see or notice, but there are so many little details that are just hidden in plain sight. Um, so much of the movie is stuff that's hidden in plain sight. I, I know, <laughs> since we're in spoiler territory, I, I where they show the, the multiple um, versions of... Uh, Miles handing Duke the spiked drink with the right. pineapple. Oh and, God! Yes. And it's like if you're if you're watching if you watched it carefully, you could have seen him murder Duke right away, like on screen. It's it's like it's right there in plain sight, but you have to kind of peel it apart and find look notice what you're looking at. So I think that's one of the things that is is most likely very intentional. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my and that is one of my favorite shots too because if you know and I um originally got my degree in psychology but one of the things that I think has gotten much more popular now is the uh change blindness which mm -hmm. is you know used often in mystery films like in in cinematography to sort of like take advantage of the fact that the audience is going to accept if this then that like right oh if miles handed his glass to duke then and then duke died then ergo somebody was trying to kill miles it's like okay that's only if that was duke's glass though and we see it right in front of us and just it, i just felt so i just felt it was such a great job because it would be so easy it, it would be so easy to spot it, but it's almost even easier to miss. 
Yeah, it, it's it's I, again it's it's one of those things where I know that I didn't pick up that he said it that he handed it over but said it or set it down but again it's playing with what we see what we're willing to believe I know the second time I saw it I was like I I I didn't pay attention to <laughs> the uh, if he'd handed it over or not and it's it's really playing with uh, with things in that are in plain sight and that's why I think that both of our kind of puzzle theories could theoretically be intentional i I, i'm gonna say that we're right until mr johnson finally calls in and tells us otherwise he says no yeah exactly (laughs) if if you if if ryan johnson doesn't send us uh an email or um you know send us tweet saying you're you're wrong (laughs) i'm gonna assume we're right (laughs) so perfect Uh, Do you have any other spoilery things you'd like to chat about? Let me just check real quick on my notes, but I do think most of mine revolved around uh, (laughs) around Descartes. Yes. Um, No, well, uh, just the one kind of thing we sort of touched on, but the Fibonacci sequence uh, at the center, that's where where the clue is in the final one, and I just kind of like that. I like that the Fibonacci sequence was used twice. <laughs> yeah, no, I did I like too. the Fibonacci it's... sequence, period, but I, I do like that it's it's one of the puzzles as well, and it's in fact one of the first yeah, puzzles. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's like that that the envelope that you're looking for is in plain sight. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very cool. It's right there at the center. So. No, but that's it. That's all. Yeah, I think that's it for me too. Um, so I think that that's going to do it for this Friday episode of Glass Onion Minute. Uh, thank you for joining me, Michael. Do you have anything to pu- uh, plug? Oh, Allison, it was lovely to be here. I do. I'm just going to plug my podcast one last time. Um, uh, me and my friend Robbie host the K-Bay podcast. That's K-B-A-E podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at K underscore podcast. Uh, we watch Korean dramas and then we talk about them. Uh, occasionally, there's actually more random tangents in there than my tone implies. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's K-Bay Podcast online. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's sounds that's good. Tag. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Glass Onion Men. All one word. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe. Anything that you want to give for that kind of interaction would be really great especially if you're Ryan Johnson, to tell us we're right. Um, You can also find my podcast. I do a video game podcast called Gaming Fix. That's F-Y-X. And you can find that on wherever you find podcasts or on Twitter at Fix Podcasts. That's F-Y-X Podcasts. And um, we we go off on a lot of tangents too, but um, mostly um, stemming from various video games. Um, And thank you so much for joining me, Michael, this week. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for returning from Knives Out Minute, and I uh, hope you'll return for the next one. Me too. I hope to see you again, Allison. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. Have a good one. Me too. Bye. Bye.